Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words. What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. Today's cool fact of the day is about music. The song Coconut, you know the one, she put the lime in the coconut, she drank them both up, has only one chord in the entire song. It's the only song without any chord changes that reached the Billboard Hot 100 chart. In fact, it reached number eight in 1972. The problem is that even though the song is really simple, it misrepresents the coconut entirely. We found that coconuts are wildly beneficial to your health. The coconut water from a fresh coconut, not the bottled stuff necessarily, has naturally sterile electrolytes in it, which are good for feeding your pH and your muscle function. There's a little bit of fructose, which I'm not a fan of, but not that much. Coconuts also have a high fiber content, which can definitely make you feel full. Regular coconut oil is rich in lauric acid, and lauric acid is one of the fats that you want to have in your body. However, the real amazing stuff in coconuts comes from the medium-chain triglycerides that make up 62% of the oil in a coconut. The only problem is that to eat enough coconut oil or enough coconuts to get the real benefits that come from those medium-chain triglycerides, you need to eat as much as 18 times more coconut oil to get the full benefits of brain octane oil. So simple songs about coconuts are not telling us about all the different types of fatty acids in coconut. And if I wrote that song, it would be a biohacking song about the different uses and types and rarities of different facets of coconut oil. Because when you're on upgraded MCT or brain octane, everything sounds better. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD plus, and that helps you make energy. It helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD plus even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD plus. Check out Qualia NAD plus risk-free for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash Dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash Dave15, Qualia NAD plus. It's what I use. Hey everyone, it's Dave Asprey with Bulletproof Executive Radio. And today, we've got J.J. Virgin, a friend and a 30-week straight New York Times best-selling author with The Virgin Diet on the show. J.J., welcome. Happy to have you Thank here. Thank you. I'm a big fan, 
fueled by Bulletproof. <laughs> uh, thank you. I, I, I love that. I, I know that you're a fan of Bulletproof Coffee. Uh, and I'm, I'm a fan of, of the things that, that you've written as well, where you really pay attention to food quality and food sensitivities and, and things like that. And thought it would be really cool this, uh, this episode if I got a chance to ask you about the virgin diet instead of talking incessantly about the Bulletproof diet. <laughs> uh, I think your book is definitely worth a read and that people uh, ought to know about what you've been doing. Not that most of them don't already, given your massive media footprint and the fact that you're all over the place in the media. Uh, you got there after, what, about 25 years working in holistic nutrition and functional medicine and all these celebrity people and, and whatnot. So kind of give me the, the JJ story. Yeah. Like, How did you get to be <laughs> such a diet expert? Um, you know, I, I, I'm a woman. We're all diet experts. No, I, seriously, I, I, uh, I, at age 12, I was a very athletic and I was actually in ballet, which is, so I was on point ballet, which is stupid as a six foot tall woman. But <laughs> as, because of that, I got very into nutrition and really how to use nutrition to optimize. I was, I was running track and doing point ballet and working out with the football team. So it was everything I could do with nutrition. Cause it's pretty clear that, exercise without nutrition is like, you know, not going to get you anywhere. And when you put the two together, it's such an amplification. I started paying my way through graduate school um, as a personal trainer. And in graduate school, I was falling prey, I admit it, to, okay, the way you lose weight is you have them eat less and exercise more. So I was diligently, my poor first clients, I, my apologies to you. I am <laughs> so sorry. But I was just doing what I was told for once in my life. And so, I mean, we were taught, hey, they've got to eat less, they've got to exercise more, you got to create this caloric deficit. And so I'm doing that. And most of my clients were 45 to 55 year old women. These are the women that are going to struggle the most because their hormones are starting to go wacky, you know, they're, and they're starting to raise their cortisol. So now their insulin's up, just, just the worst hormonal menu for losing weight. So clearly making them over exercise and then eat less is the single worst thing I could have done. And it wasn't working. So yeah. Dave, I like to say I'm not insane. I sat there and I went, all right, it's not working. So I went back to UCLA is where I got my undergrad and I went into the biomed stacks and I started going, let's find out why. And I thought, why is all the stuff I'm being taught in school not what is in the literature from 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago? And, you know, we're taught when we do graduate work to disregard, like you got to have current studies. I'm like, why did our body change? <laughs> like, seriously, if we found out that 30 years ago that the Eastern Europeans were had it nailed with the right type of exercise, I mean, that was when it was clear to me. I'm like, why are we doing all this long endurance training? It's so clearly not the way to go. Right. So I started putting all this stuff together. And honestly, way back then, to say that calories really don't count, I mean, they count, but where they come from counts so much more. And that you shouldn't be doing endurance training. I'm surprised I wasn't like stoned to death, really, you know, because <laughs> these were like, everything was about aerobics and, and eating fat free. And yeah. I, I did, I did all those things at the time. I mean, and I was always overweight and always broken out and just a mess, but I was like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to crack this code. And it took me years. And along the way, I started teaching this course to doctors called overcoming weight loss resistance. And it looked at sex hormones and insulin, leptin and thyroid and all the different GI issues and toxicity. And, you know, it really occurred to me that food was the big needle mover. You had to start with food first. And how do we make this simple? Because the course was so hard that the doctors kept coming back. Like I'd have people go, this is the fifth time I've come through it. And I'm like, well, if you can't get it five times through, then how are you going to apply it to your patients, right? Like how do we do this to simplify it down, drill it down so you can get some fast results and get in the game? And that's really where this all came from. So, so JJ, a lot of people are driving right now. Uh, listening uh, to Bulletproof Executive Radio on their commute. It's, it's a standard thing twice a week. So they can't see your video. But is it actually true that Michelle Obama is jealous of your arms? <laughs> that is so funny. I mean, but, but seriously, like, you're ripped. Like, you, you look awesome. And it's, uh, it's Not amazing. Not bad for a 50-year-old. It's, it's funny. So now I'm a 50-year-old with a total knee replacement from that point ballet when I was a teenager because some snarky person on Facebook said, well, maybe if he didn't exercise so much. And I went... 
I blew out my knee when I was 17 and I held it together for 33 years. And then finally I was like, this is ridiculous. But, you know, it's interesting because people will look at me and they go, you must spend forever in the gym. I go, no, really, actually, I probably spend less time in the gym than you guys are commuting right now. But it's all about high intensity interval training and then the right nutrients to do so. Hey, by the way, I wanted to tell you. Yeah. As I was healing from my um, knee surgery, which I had a total knee replacement. I found out 10 minutes before I had it that I was going to have it. I thought wow. I was going to have a partial. Yeah, and uh, which is the best time to find out, by the way. So <laughs> um, then I start hammering supplements. The minute I'm in my own room and the nurse walks out, it's like, give me my bag. Oh, right? yeah. and I have all this stuff with me. So I used your glutathione. I used the upgraded collagen. I mean, I had this thing wow. nailed. The only upsetting thing was that no one could bring me bulletproof in the hospital. I'm like, where the hell's the coffee? Get me out of here. Get me home. <laughs> but I um, used a walker for two minutes. I never used it again. I was back at the gym. I mean, I, was, I started moving it that day. I was back at the gym 10 days later doing lunges and squats and step ups and plies and, and everything wow. and in high shoes two weeks later so you're you know. in high shoes at age 50 two weeks after knee surgery you're pushing like nfl recovery right. limits after knee right. surgeries no joke yeah. like <laughs> you know i was just like okay well i trained for the surgery and then i had i mean the, the nutrient hit that i took after surgery i was like all right let's go and it's funny because someone's like gosh you know, you're supposed to get so catabolic after surgery. You didn't lose the thing. I go, no, I knew. I, like, hi, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> you planned you know? ahead, right? I planned ahead. Yes. <laughs> uh, did you use L-glutamine as well? Oh heck yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Post surgery or post injury, you just have to pound that stuff. How much did you take? I took. Well, I'm at like 10 grams is my is my favorite dose for people. Is three heaping teaspoons or a big tablespoon. I used vitamin C, phosphorylserine. I used a special amino acid blend. I used this stuff I hate from Donna Gates, Cocobiotic, but I was like, they, you know, they trash your gut. So uh, I'm like, yeah. all right, I'm gonna hammer myself back with probiotics and prebiotics and fermented foods. So lots of protein. Um, lots of fish oil. I went straight high dose fish oil. So I mean, it just uh, you know the pharmaceutical the the, the my uh, I was gonna say the pharmaceutical my supplement big thing. All I couldn't even keep it on the table next to my bed. I had a big bag next to the bed, <laughs> next to the table with everything, and then multiple shakes throughout the day. But yeah, it, it's been uh, four weeks now, and I just recorded videos for ten hours the other day. So so most Stand people. Most people who are 50 who undergo a joint replacement surgery have brain fog, like serious brain fog for months afterwards. And you're, you're back to your normal. And JJ, you are actually a biohacker. I mean, that, uh, <laughs> you just did it. I was working that night. So finally, so this is the sad part. I brought in my um, partner into the pre-op because I wanted to get all the stuff done before surgery. I knew we'd have like 30 minutes to an hour. I'm like, why waste time? So we're like doing, working all this stuff. They're trying to give me things to like, and we're working. And then I get out of surgery and I want to keep doing this, but I can't remember, you know, because right. I just come out of anesthesia. But I'm hitting myself with GPC immediately. I hit myself with GPC right pre-surgery and then when you, immediately. When you, when you say GPC, just for people listening, that's glycerol phosphatidylcholine. Glycerol phosphatidylcholine. I did that with my son who, you know, was left for dead in the street and basically died. And now he's now he's running, you know, the like, I never walk. And he's sprinting down the soccer fields. His last two surgeries, we just hammered him with GPC right before surgery. He woke up. He's like, let's go home. <laughs> right. And you're doing this and GPC is essentially something that makes acetylcholine the neurotransmitter. And it's something that helps you create myelin, the insulated lining of your nerves. And when you're injured, your requirements for this go up dramatically. How much of this are you taking? I'm sure some people listening so, to this are like, I'm going to have surgery. Like, what do I do? That. Well, I would tell people kind of a maintenance dose of GPC is 2,000 mics a day. I do pre-surgery. I will do it three times a day, 2,000 micrograms. And I will do it. I mean, I just bring it and I do it right before surgery. And then I have my little stash of stuff. So the minute people leave the room, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like bring the bag. So I had all sorts of stuff with me that night next to my bed. So the, you know, the nurses go in and out and I've got, I've got all my things. Um, but it makes a big difference because it protects your brain from anesthesia. And, you know, that's the thing that I can't lose my brain right now yeah. forever. But I mean, especially right now, I've like got a book deadline, did, right? Did you do any of the, the smart drugs like paracetam or aniracetam before or after surgery? 
Mm-mm. So th- this is another trick that that should you ever have to go under the knife again, uh, and other people listening might be interested in. It turns out that paracetam or aniracetam protects your brain from low oxygen states. And about 5% of people get a microstroke during general anesthesia. So little bits of your brain just don't work the way they did before. But if you're on a paracetam or aniracetam, it'll let your brain last much longer without oxygen. It's that protective. should be standard course. I mean, you look at yeah. people yeah. that come out of, of, especially like all the different heart surgeries, and they're trashed for months yeah. and there's no reason for any of this to happen you know i mean literally i had the surgery at midnight that night i was up working in my hotel in my hotel room <laughs> it felt like a hotel it was actually a very nice place and i mean i because i had to book at it still so and i was fine you know i mean and, and, and it can be that way and so, so, so you, you've <laughs> engineered some pretty massive resilience there most people get you know, huge cortisol problems, adrenal issues. You know, it's a big hit. Were you taking adrenal oh, yeah. hormone? Well, I knew. Well, I had <laughs> some at home to take, but I actually, I can feel mine to know if I need it. Oh, I'm yeah. so dialed in with my, I've, I've trashed my adrenals mm-hmm. so many times. I now know <laughs> just what it feels like. I can draw my rhythm out. Um, and it's just like when my son got hit and oh, he was in the ICU, I had someone cruise in and bring me just the bag of adrenal supplements. But I just did a ton of um, phosphatidylserine and vitamin C and fish oil and I was fine. I, I felt it because I had it at home if I needed it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't need it. I'm totally cool. And I you mean, weren't, felt great. You weren't concerned about bleeding because fish oil makes your blood more thin and they advise By you the not way, to take it. By the way, it doesn't. I got in such a <laughs> big argument with them. Grant just had two surgeries on 20 grams of fish oil a day. So when my, my son was hit by a car, he was a hit subject of a hit and run for people who don't know the story. And he was left for dead in the street at 17 and the, he was 16 at the time. The doctor at their local hospital said, just let him go. He'd be so brain damaged if he does wake up. He'll probably not wake up. But if you took him anywhere else, he'd die on the way. Blah, blah. I'm just, you know, Mr. Doom and Gloom. But we started him on the 20 grams of fish oil. And in fact, CNN, Sanjay Gupta is doing a story on this. because, Yeah, this is great. This and progesterone. And they wouldn't let me do it at the first hospital because they go, he's going to bleed. Well, I started working with Barry Sears. Mm -hmm. And Barry Sears says, there's not one study to show that fish oil increases bleeding, increases uh, pro-time. And we actually, I kept level, I kept bringing them up behind their backs at the first hospital. I got them up to seven grams. No change because we were monitoring his pro-time. Zero, his IRTs, no change whatsoever. His blood wasn't any thinner. And so I wasn't, I, I've stopped being worried about that. He was at the other hospital on 20 grams doing surgeries, no problem. So that is an wow. urban legend that needs to die. And in fact, the guy, my anesthesiologist, this thing goes, okay, you're not on fish oils, are you? I'm like, uh-uh, because it's not <laughs> even worth it. You know, it's like, it's just the urban legend that won't die. And there really is nothing out there to substantiate it, nothing. Wow, that's actually news. I, I did not know. I, I know that low-dose fish oil is not a big deal during surgery, but I didn't realize that you could do 20 grams without even creating more inflammation, but it does have a metabolic lowering effect for a short period of time. And maybe that's what you want right in the middle of a surgery is to not have your inflammatory responses going crazy. So all I know, now we're at a point where we have to monitor, we're now monitoring fatty acids because Grant was on it for so long, but you know, brains take a long time to heal when you, when you bang against the ground going 40 miles an hour. So yeah. Yes. Wow. I didn't even expect that we'd talk about you know, rapid recovery from surgery, but I never know what we'll talk about, JJ, because you're, <laughs> you're a fountain of knowledge. All right. Let's go into the virgin diet a little bit because, of course, this is your book. Tell me about what you focus on with calories, carbs, fat, grams, food intolerance. Okay. Like, like what, what's the deal? Give me the. God, yeah. see, if you're eating right, you don't have to think about calories because you won't be hungry and craving and all <laughs> trashed. You know, the reason yeah. people have to count calories is because they're eating these these drug foods like gluten and dairy and sugar, and so they're hungry <laughs> all the time and craving them, right? Yep. So the whole basis of the virgin diet, I mean, my, my whole thing is your body's not a chemist, not a bank account, it's a chemistry lab, and that you must consider the hormonal messages, the chemical messages of everything that you eat, think, and do, whether it's the way you exercise, your stress, your sleep, your food, and it all starts with your fork. I mean, what you put at the end of your fork is your fastest needle mover. So 
it, it came, this all happened. I was doing this testing in doctor's offices, um, food sensitivity testing. And yep. we were doing it really because we noticed that when we tested people, they were more compliant on their diet. So I was just trying to get them, get them to stay on the freaking diet. So it, the cool thing was we test them and they always would show up with a dairy problem. They'd always show up with yeah. a gluten problem. I hate soy. So they couldn't have soy anyway. And I, I got on such a soapbox about it. They were like, all right, no soy. <laughs> So the same foods always showed up. And what was interesting is they'd come into the office and they'd be bloated and they'd be tired and their joints would hurt and their skin looked like crap and they were felt old and looked old and they were moody and they couldn't think straight. And that's what the problems were. That's what they were complaining about. Most of them were like, I get, forget even losing weight at this point, I give up. But they were those issues. And if you look at why most people go to the doctors, because they're tired or they hurt, Right. And so we would do the test. The same foods always showed up. We'd pull the foods out. The symptoms would go away like in a matter of days. And after a couple years, I wish I could say, so after a couple of weeks, but after a couple of years, I go, yeah, maybe we don't need to test. And also we weren't able to do one test because we had to look at gluten both from a delayed food sensitivity way, an immune way, but also we had to look at it through genetics. And really, you should look at it through hormones. And so when you look at different foods, you've got to think of the intolerance that could be created both through your immune system, whether it's immediate or delayed, which is far more common, through your hormonal system and through your genetics. And there's not one test. I mean, the test. And I don't believe even if we could put all the tests we know now together, we have all the answers on yeah. it. Cause then, and then we have all that weird extraneous crap like GMOs and weird colorings and, and, and like, stuff. You don't, know, just, you don't know what's in your food when you go to a restaurant no, anyway, right? No, it's, it's, a, it's a total crap shoot. I yeah. mean, how scary is that? It's like, what's really in that chicken, you know? <laughs> so chicken's kind of one of the scariest ones going at this I, point. It's I like, won't eat that stuff. <laughs> you know, you're so much better off with grass-finished beef than chicken. I mean, it's like try to find some chicken that hasn't been fed GMO corn and soy. Good freaking luck on that one. So anyway, um, I noticed that. So I thought, you know, I'm really all about messages that can change the most people in the shortest amount of time. You know, one of the things I see in functional medicine, the kind of world I like to play in is that people like to take on the really complicated people and do all these like intense little tweaking. I'm like, well, what if I could put you on something that's going to make a big change in a matter of days and, you know, you're going to feel 80 to 90% better. Let's uh -huh. do that. So, you know, so what the virgin diet is, is you drop these seven foods, gluten, dairy, eggs, soy, corn, peanuts, sugar, and artificial sweeteners, whole nother story. Um, you pull them out. Sugar, of course, you're not going to pull out 100% because some of the foods naturally have sugar, but you're not eating high sugar impact foods. You pull them out for three weeks because you've got to let your immune system cool off. You're letting your hormones come back in balance. And during those first couple days, you have crazy cravings for the foods that are hurting you, which is such great information. And that's how I reframe it. I go, if you're craving that cheese... Good, because that means you're going to have amazing results, right? Yeah. So you got to give people a reframe. It's like how we're raising our kids. You know, your kid, I remember the first time my kid got hurt and was bleeding, and I'm like, ah, and the kid's like, ah, and I went, well, that was stupid. So, you know, now your kid get, gets hurt, and you're like, well, especially now after what happened with Grant, you know, they come home and they're bleeding. I'm like, big deal, you know? You're walking and talking. It's fine. Get over it. So, you know, it's you got to teach people how, what they should expect. But the other thing is, if, if I just told people, hey, we're going to pull these seven foods out, good luck, go, go deal with it. You know, but what I do instead is I give them easy swaps. So if they're pulling out cow's milk, they're going to put in coconut milk. If they're pulling out pasta, they do quinoa pasta or better yet, spaghetti squash. So we just give them simple swaps that they can do so that they just don't have to think about it and they don't have a vacuum. Because I was always found that if you tell people, hey, you can't have this, they're going to put something worse in its place, right? So we do those swaps. We do it for three weeks. I have them do a food intolerance assessment at the beginning on all those symptoms I talked about. And then at the end of three weeks, and this I think is what is so powerful. It's the ability for you to use your body as a chemistry lab and connect the dots between what you're eating and how you feel and what you weigh. And that's such a different conversation than, oh, I was bad yesterday. I ate yeah. a cupcake. You know, that just drives me crazy because it's like, this is not a bad or good. This is, did this help you or hurt you? And when you all of a sudden now you eat the pizza or the muffin or, and you go, you know what? My joints are killing me when I do this. Yeah. Then it's a different conversation. Then you're like, no, hell no, I'm not having that. 
that made my fingers swell. That made my knee hurt. That made my face break out. So then you know which foods really work for you because these symptoms are so low grade and they've also become so accepted and acceptable. You know, for some reason, I mean, go to the store and it's like there's a gazillion headache medications. There's tons of five-hour energy. There's all of these things for diarrhea and constipation and gas and bloating. I'm like, what if it's just the food you're eating and you don't really need all that crap, right? And you could change it in a matter of days. So you mentioned a few of the things that I track in myself. You mentioned joint pain, but you also mentioned like knee versus fingers hurting and acne and rashes. All those things are signs that something's off in your biology. Right. And the, Okay, what's the difference between knee pain in your knee joint and finger pain in a finger joint? Like, does that tell you something different? Well, you know, it's interesting for me because, you know, I've had this, like, I should have had a full knee replacement probably 20 years ago. Um, so I've lived with like toothache pain in my knee for so long, but it was really pretty low grade because I did all these things. I, I probably like should have stopped doing all, you know, it's like I did so many things to make it okay that I lived with it. They're like, how the hell are you walking? I go, well, I do this and this and this. Um, so for me, it, it's the difference between, say, something where you're going to have more typical osteoarthritis, like knee point, right. knee joint pain. It's interesting because my finger's never swollen, but if I eat gluten, I'm like, what the heck is that? You know, and yeah. it's, I'm not, I don't have arthritis in my fingers. Right. That's just a wacky thing that shouldn't happen at all. You know, it's, it's more, you expect it more in joints where you know that you've done some trashing over the years, you know, and you've worn some things away, but it's not like I've overwritten, you know, yeah. I don't even like to write. So, oops, don't say anything about that. I'm a father. <laughs> I it, speak it. <laughs> it's really funny, but uh, different parts of the body hurt from different foods. Like I can tell you what a potato will do to me versus what gluten will do versus even like specific types of mold because I'm extra sensitive to it. Yeah. So, so like the nightshades would hit, would hit your arthritic joints and yes. gluten. Gluten I find again for a lot of people's fingers. I'm not sure why. Man, dairy just destroys my skin. Destroys it. Yeah. It's Especially <sighs> cheese, right? Especially cheese. You can spot a cheese eater. Just look at the yes, skin on their you? face. You're like, Ew. Can't you? I'm like, you, you're a yeah. cheese eater. Yeah, everyone's going <laughs> to. I feel like we should have a cheese t-shirt of that one, you know? <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, you... So, yeah, it, it is. It's all about connecting those dots and these symptoms that we have that people never think. They're like, That's just normal. I'm getting older. La, 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 la. It's like, No, it's not. It's not normal. No. Anything. And you made such a, an important point. Our body has no way to send us an email, right? Yeah. So, like, we shouldn't be getting sick. You shouldn't have low energy. You shouldn't be gassy and bloated. And then it's, it's like, This is not supposed to happen. So, if it's happening, there's a reason. Figure it Shocking. out. Shocking. <laughs> that whole there's a reason is liberating. <laughs> I think a lot of people still kind of, re they just sort of think, oh, it's just happening. Uh, but it's you're, you're in control of all of the stuff. And when you figure out what all of the different variables are, you kind of think it's big. But your yeah. diet does a great job of saying, well, let's pick the most likely candidates. And honestly, I, we think very similarly that way. But there's a question I've been wanting to ask you on camera. And What's up with no eggs? You, you allow nuts, okay. which are common right. triggers, but you say no eggs? Like egg yolks are like, like basically, what the hell? they're so good. Okay. So here's the thing. This was all because I was doing all this testing. Yeah. So I was doing all, and, and so I was doing something called IgG testing for the audience, delayed food yeah. sensitivity testing. And it really is a marker of how healthy your small intestinal wall is. It should be semi-permeable, but under stress, gluten, fructose, medications, GMO foods, toxins, the tight junctions start to loosen and then food gets out where it shouldn't be and your body goes, what the hell? And makes it launches immune attack and creates immune complexes that start to create all those symptoms. Yeah. So what I discovered in doing this testing is I rarely ever saw nuts or citrus or berries. The ones you hear of as the common yeah. allergenic triggers, hardly ever saw them. Maybe somewhere in less than 5%. The top two were dairy and eggs, hands uh, down. Ahead of wheat? Now, gluten is a different oh, way. Okay. <laughs> Remember, gluten, we're not going to, gluten, there's, you would look at wheat and IgG, and yeah, ahead of wheat there. Okay. But gluten, you look at through transglutaminase, some other different okay. tests. So this was really, it was tracking straight wheat, but eggs and dairy were top, 70% mm. or more of the people. 
And then corn, peanuts, soy, wheat. Now, okay. so, I mean, it was so clear. And so I hated it because eggs to me are nature's perfect food. They are like perfection. Not now. We have completely effed up our eggs. But if you can get pastured eggs, they're perfect. Here's what I see with a lot of people. See, we're eating, you know, you are what you eat and you are what you eat eight. So if you're now eating these, these, these factory chickens with shoved in those pens, jacked up with hormones, fed GMO corn and soy, and, and you're eating the yolk, which is going to concentrate all that crap, which the yolk is the best part of the egg. Yep. You and I agree on this. And it's funny because people eat, I just want the protein. Well, you absorb more of the protein from the egg if you eat the yolk with the white. There you go. You'll excrete more nitrogen if you just do the whites. So I'm all for eggs, but first off, you got to let your whole whole body, you got to let your immune system cool off from those crappy eggs you were eating. And also, I think part of the problem was we've been, you know, a lot of us were vaccinated and we were vaccinated with, with vaccines cured with egg protein. So we're reactive there. But I found with most people that over time when they heal their gut, glutamine being key there, in a month, three months and six months, they can bring back in high quality pastured eggs. It took me six months to be able to bring eggs back in. The first time I took eggs back in, I did it in a very stupid way. Like when you re-challenge these foods, you do one at a time, you do it in a very safe environment. You don't do it in Las Vegas, <laughs> right? So yeah. I challenge eggs not thinking. I had this little piece of like some sushi sashimi thing. It had a little sauce. It was mayonnaise sauce. I mean, and I'm talking, it wasn't even a, th- it was like a pinky. It was like not a thimble. I mean, it was teensy. It's, that's the thing with food intolerance is moderation is a myth. It's the little bit that creates this wildfire of issues. And once you've let your immune system cool off, it is so clear when you rechallenge, you're like, oh, that makes this happen. And, you, you know, some things that may not be an issue, but you'll be very clear on which are and which aren't. So are you back on eggs now? Yes. Now I can eat eggs. It is hard to find good pastured ones out here. We have Whole Foods coming. Hurry up. Hurry up, Whole Foods. So I kind of have to make my little schlep on them. But that's the thing. It's like I think for a lot of people, they're out and they're like, oh, this is good. It's cheap. But I'm like, you're getting cheap crap eggs. Don't eat, you know, (laughs) eat the pastured ones. It's interesting talking about eggs. Uh, I definitely recommend eggs for people uh, as long as they're not sensitive and use uh, IgG is, is the gold standard or you can use uh, even the little FoodSense iPhone app that'll tell you if your heart rate goes up dramatically when you eat mm-hmm. eggs, then you shouldn't eat eggs. In my case, I do IgG panels every couple of years just to see if I've got something new. And I found out about nine months ago that my three-month zero-carbohydrate experiment, like trying to eat like an Eskimo, gave me a bunch of new food allergies, uh, including... Really? Oh, yeah. What a trip. What'd you get? Uh, eggs and chicken and uh, almonds and honey. Which, oh, and sweet potatoes. Like several of those are super bulletproof foods. And what do you know? It's because I had so few carbs. I was eating one serving of broccoli a day, like trying to do just fat and meat like an Eskimo. And what happened there is I didn't have enough mucus lining of my stomach to actually protect the Uh junctions there the way it should. So I also got really dry eyes, dry sinuses. And that whole thing that you don't need any carbohydrates ever, um, that actually messed me up. So I've been scrupulously avoiding eggs. And I had a bite of sushi that had mayonnaise in that I didn't know about. And sure enough, I get like a rash around my mouth. Isn't it a trip? I see a lot of skin, lot of skin yeah. stuff with eggs. If you've got eczema, psoriasis, definitely do an egg-free trial. I will tell you too, I, I've tried to do total, total no carb or extreme low carb. I can't do it. Especially for women, I think it's harmful. You need yeah. a baseline amount both for fermentation in the gut and also because it might be possible to make bare minimum uh, uh, carbohydrates out of protein. It's not metabolically good for you to do that. Mm-mm. No, it's not. It's so inefficient. And for women, we need our protein. So, yeah, yeah it's uh, it's definitely one that I think is critical. And, and you mentioned an important one. It does feed the good bacteria in the gut. And that is, to me, the most exciting area of all this stuff. It's the book I'd love to read, write, but I'm like... I can't see the New York Times bestseller, The Virgin Microbiota. 
you yeah. know, <laughs> it's like, it's not going to happen. So, you know, it is such a key important thing and, and good carbohydrates are going to feed the good back, gut bacteria. And a lot of them act as prebiotics and feed the good ba- gut bacteria. And you're not going to be getting that from, you know, your chicken. So there you have it. Are you up to speed on the whole resistant starch debate about whether you should be eating <sighs> non-digestible starch versus just vegetables? Okay. What, what do you think? I'd love to hear what you think on it. Well, I'm pretty open-minded. I'm a biohacker, so I went out after I'd read some of the research uh, that Richard Nikolai had posted on resistant starch. I'm highly skeptical because I think that it depends on what's growing in your gut, whether you want to feed it. Yeah, and I've exactly. Been, you yeah. Feed the bad guys too, you know? Yeah, one of the more famous guys there has like like uh, some kind of gut bacteria, not really gut bacteria, it's in... Uh, from avalanches or from icebergs or something, some strange kind of bacteria. It's like, oh, look, I have a lot of this. Like, I'm not sure that's good. Histamine-forming bacteria is a major issue. So what did I do? I went out and I bought uh, some potato starch, which causes, funny enough, nightshade problems because I know I'm nightshade-sensitive. Ditch that. Plantain starch. Um, My children, for the first time ever, learned that daddy can fart and fart and it's awful and it clears the room. (laughs) Uh, because that is not a problem on the Bulletproof diet or on the Virgin diet, as, as far as I can tell. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I can stick with it for a while. And then I got hives. And I'm like, you know what? It's, I don't think this is working. No, it's not It just not working. made me bloat. I, I, so yeah. I bought the whatever there's, you know, that product. The, the corn resist- one? I don't, it's, I don't know what it is. One of my buddies oh, like, you can. got it. Yeah, you can. Yeah. I, I tried it for a couple of days. I'm going, I'm bloated. That's it. Wow. See, you, can, you can doesn't bloat me at all. Uh, oh, it I, totally bloats me. So I'm like, you know, like, no way. I don't know if you can see my arm in your video there, but like, I think I actually put on a little bit more muscle mass you know, from the UK. We're arm stuff. wrestling when I see you. That's I went? it. Oh, we're arm you'll, you'll take me down, yeah, JJ. I mean, that's it. I, that's, I've issued a challenge. <laughs> The Eskimo, the Eskimo diet versus the Virgin diet. Exactly, and and so I, I think there might be something to. Uh, the you can stuff because you can stay in ketosis when you're on it. This is a very specific engineered kind of resistant starch, different than what a lot of people are talking about. So whenever I I get someone who really knows what they're talking about on the podcast, I like to ask that question because yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm the skeptical still, I side. Just played around with it and I'm like, mm. mm-hmm. I just didn't feel good on it, so then I ditched it. So I didn't okay. go further. I, I think I'm That's... in that same camp. I, I gave it a really fair shot, and my my kids are still saying oh, that was gross. Uh, yeah. They're four and six, so it was also. But if funny they're boys, like I was going to say, my kids would have been so impressed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, mommy, you did that. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, what about intermittent fasting in women? Because I'm not a fan of intermittent fasting in women. Okay, good. Me either. And it, I, I wrote about this last year, and it was a oh, really popular you? post. I said, you know, intermittent That's fasting awesome. dangerous for women? Question mark yeah. or something like it's, that. Think back to cave caveman times, like. Of course, men, you guys are supposed to be able to just hang with bad stuff going on and be able to take care of us and go out and you know, kill tigers and lions. But we were supposed to be back there with our food, nursing and taking care of kids and having steady food supply. <laughs> That's it. We have got a much more intricate hormonal system. Yeah. And when you miss meals, it trashes your adrenals. That's it. And it, the, uh-huh. the research shows it. It shows infertility, That's adrenal problem. problems, yeah. you know, gaining weight, not losing it. Like, and so this whole thing when they say, so skip breakfast. I mean, if, first of all, if you're going to skip a meal, don't skip breakfast. Skip <laughs> dinner, you know. It, you know, my first whole book is about you know, women's fertility and pregnancy and all that. And uh, I, I think skipping meals for women, uh, unless they're they're at a point in life where they have a ton of time and energy for recovery. It, it does. Yeah. It's a nice hormetic stressor, just like an intense workout to skip a, a morning meal. But to do it every day doesn't work. And that's one of the reasons that if you use fat in the morning, fat is what makes the hormone system work. And this is why the whole bulletproof approach to intermittent fasting says during the fast, you eat fat, but no sugar and no protein. So you get that autophagy. And See, if I could have a little, if I could have my Bulletproof coffee, I could probably pull it off. Right. You right. know, because I'd be okay. But uh, And that's what I found with so many uh, women clients and women on the blog is, is they're saying intermittent fasting. I tried it and I got really tired. My sleep went away. I didn't do yeah. so well. But then they add the fat back in and they do better. Well, you have to tell the women that anyway, because they're still out there. And women do not be fat phobic. I eat so yeah. much fat. You know, fat is the biggest part of my diet, yeah. as it should be. 
You know, it's like eat, eat, eat your clean, lean protein, eat your healthy fats, eat non-starchy vegetables. That's the focus. And then some really little bit of slow, low carbs, slow, low sugar impact carbs. And that's it. I mean, it's easy peasy. Yep. yep. And you sound like Tim Ferriss now. I do. <laughs> oh, Am I got, channeling you, Tim? You, you said slow carb and easy peasy. I, I'm pretty sure did that. Did you steal that from me, Tim? Did you steal that from me? <laughs> I've been in this longer than he has. <laughs> Fair point. And plus, I huh? think you've got better arms than Tim Ferriss too, JJ. Is this true? Uh, I have no idea. I've never seen Tim's arms up close. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about collagen. A lot of women like use collagen cream and like you have like the most amazing skin. Like I'd swear you were like not 50. Um, so what are you doing for your skin here? Are you like like smearing collagen masks on or are you eating it or what's the deal? So I take your upgraded collagen by the way. Oh, you're actually officially using it. I know I sent you some while back to try, but using okay. It. Oh, wow. When you sent it, I'm like, this is what I need for surgery. And then I'm like, well, why would I just take this for surgery? Duh. <laughs> and then I also take this biocell collagen because they sent me it. And I'm like, sure, why not? Um, but I will tell you that is not what's done it for my skin. I think what's done it for my skin is I'm like a big sleep fan. Yep. So if I had to pick one thing, it's it's get rid of the food intolerances because they destroy your skin. Yes. They destroy your skin. You detoxify your skin's your major detoxifying organs. Skin, food that doesn't work for you is toxic, and then your body has to deal with it. Make sure you're getting really good antioxidants in. I used that. By the way, that upgraded that that glutathione stuff is. <laughs> is it, uh, but you, I, you have the new stuff though in the syringe, right? Yes. It's better than the old stuff. <laughs> but I mean, I'm like. I can do this. And then I'm, I'm slamming down cocoa biotic with it. I'm like, God, you know, this better work. But Dang. it does, doesn't anyway. it? <laughs> yes. So I would say, so for skin, um, I'm like the skin product major wacko aficionado. But in reality, the number one thing that changed my skin was getting dairy out. Yeah. Except butter. Eating- you, you still eat butter. Oh, I, I eat grass-fed yeah. So there I get go. dairy right. out and then I um, eat lots of healthy fats. So that's huge. Yeah. I do a lot of, you know, a lot of plants, but a lot of non-starchy vegetables. I actually don't even eat fruit anymore. Um, and then, um, cause I've been doing all the research on my sugar book and I'm like, yeah. fruit is that, yeah. Anyway, on a fructose thing. Yeah. One of the, so I'm really not glycating. I'm really trying to not glycate. So that's what you're seeing on my face. But I also do use from our buddy, Dr. Suzanne Bennett, she's got these collagen masks from Korea and called Purigenics. And I use those. I, I was going to use one last night just for you. I actually <laughs> didn't. So this is, this is me without the collagen mask, but I try to do those once or twice a week. I'm just not so good at that. I'm really much better about eating correctly. And I think that makes yeah. the biggest difference of all. And I believe you should have sun. I don't wear sunscreen. I do use mineral um, stuff on my face that probably blocks some of it, but I, um, and I don't lay out in the sun, but I live in Palm Springs. And that's probably it, man. Those big things. That's, oh, and I use this, I have this crazy biochemist friend, and I will be honest with you, I don't know what's in it because um, he won't tell me, but I use this special spray on my face, whatever the heck it is. All I know is I used it on my knee for my knee surgery, and this scar, I'll show it to you when I see you Yeah. Uh, because scars are the new hot thing, by the way. Mm-hmm. Forget tattoos. Scars are the new hot. Oh, like ritualistic and, uh, scarring stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, maybe not. But my scar on my knee is so awesome, and you can hardly see it, and it's four weeks, and I believe it's the spray. Are you so. taking serapeptase as well? No, I'm not taking that. I did natto. Oh, I did oh natto, that. similar, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. part of my recommendations for post-surgery to reduce scarring is you take massive doses of either natto or serapeptase or both okay. mixed. Well, I did natto and bromelain. I started oh, okay, good. So you're four. on it. Okay, good. I was like, oh, no. No, it, it's, it's a question. Do you want silkworms or like soy boogers? Um, neither one is very attractive in terms of where <laughs> they come from, uh, but they both do that same scar digestion thing. And I'm, I'm constantly amazed at how fast we can heal when we're getting It's that. incredible. Well, and I also did soft tissue work starting the next day. How about lasers? Which, did you do any infrared light or laser? I didn't. I'm going to do some laser on the scar if I need to, though I don't think I need to. Do you want me to bring my laser with me when we meet in Tampa? All right, I'll I'll bring you my medical grade laser. Oh, and I also have been doing the vibro. Is it what's the thing called? Is vibroderm? I always think the bulletproof vibe. Yeah, you're on. 
vibe to me yeah. it sounds like a vibrator vibe, <laughs> is that I a bad thing that. not at all i just it's like i'm, I'm just I keep looking at going but how does it work you know <laughs> it's so big um but the uh god people that can't see us are like what are they talking about but it, this is a large vibrating platform and so i mean talk about a great thing to help you with knee recovering proprioception yeah so i've been using that as well See, and the exciser. So, I mean, I've been like a fiend with I this. did not realize that you were doing all these bulletproof things, JJ. Thank you. <laughs> yes, I'm a bulletproof babe. And, and we totally I, didn't. You need that t-shirt. You need the bulletproof babe t-shirt. Oh, my God. I'm taking a oh, note on. Marketing. I'm taking yes. a note on that one. Um, Thank you. So, so people, people, people really should know that like we don't sit ahead of time going, oh, let's talk no, about talk each about other's products. No. I oh, wow. am the, your best marketing person. I swear, everywhere I go. In fact, my entire Rock. team, as we get ready for our book launch, everyone is unlimited bulletproof. So, and they all know it. It's like it's like <laughs> got it off because someone's like, "I'm out of bulletproof." I'm like, "Oh no!" You know. So <laughs> we are all we're well, all on. We'll yes. keep you guys well stocked uh, for sure because it. Uh, I, I find same thing with my team. Everyone who works for me gets a monthly supply of the coffee and the brain octane and the other stuff because like how could i not yeah know that, right? I do. right yeah <laughs> brand consistent i i must share with the listeners we do this really fun event with a bunch of healthcare experts twice a year and we had i don't know maybe 60 or 80 of them and we ran out of bulletproof and i thought i was like it was like a freaking crisis i couldn't <laughs> believe it i'm like guys seriously just go you know go get some Go to the coffee shop. No, I mean it was. It was like whatever you do, Dave. Do not run out of bulletproof well, at this I'll event. I'll be there personally in a, in a few weeks, making the coffee for people. And we brought a lot of coffee this time and everything. Boy, really. who knew that they could drink <laughs> that much? I mean, I was like, wow. <laughs> well, when, when you're at a conference too, it, it's you know your conferences aren't boring, but the average conference, you're at a hotel, you're indoors all day, and, and you get kind of groggy. I like to serve it at the events that I do because people they get all that like crazy mental energy. So then they're yeah. more engaged, which, which is, yeah. I think, part of it. People just don't want to feel blah when they're sitting there. Yeah. Well, they don't have to worry about that at my events. No, no, you, you, you keep things going, that's for sure. Yes. Well, JJ, there's a question <laughs> that I ask everyone who's been on the show towards the end of the show, and that mm -hmm. is, given everything you know, not just about diet or nutrition, but your whole life story, the three most important pieces of advice you'd offer for people who want to kick more ass. So people want to perform well for any reason, any way. What should they know? What can you tell them? Number one, you are never better than when you're challenged. When what happened with my son happened, I had about uh, 24 hours of an incredible pity party. And then I slapped myself and went, all right, this is going to be the best thing that ever happened to him and to me and to our family and what do we need to do to make him recover 110%. And I believe that we, you don't necessarily need that kind of challenge, <laughs> but we're never better than when we have that thing to aspire to and so get it. And don't make it something, you know, make it scary. When I know I've gotten to a place where I'm not scared, I know that I've gotta like go push a lot bigger goal out there. So that's the first thing. The second thing is damn it, make time for sleep. The most important thing you can possibly do for your health is sleep. Sleep is it. So seven to nine hours of quality sleep, figure out what your perfect time is for that and then make that one happen because it's huge. And then I think one of the fastest ways you can change your health, I mean, I don't think one of the, the fastest way you can really change your health is by changing what's on the end of the fork. And so I think you really owe it to yourself to figure out which foods work for you and which don't and quit blaming your symptoms on stupid stuff like your genetics are getting older. Your body's screaming at you, listen. Thank you for that, that awesome advice. Uh, I'm a uh... I'm really thankful you're on the show. You've got a lot to offer people and your focus on figuring out intolerances is so totally bulletproof. Like, like those are the things that hold you back that you don't know about. Mm -hmm. And I certainly have probably a longer list than the average person uh, because of my health history. But for me, figuring those out allowed me to go out and do a lot of the things that I wanted to do. So your advice and the way you've written it up in the Virgin Diet is, is very legitimate and very worth paying attention to. So thank you for doing that work. Thank you. And thank you for making me coffee. <laughs> Anytime. Can't, can't wait <laughs> to see you. And all your awesome stuff, which I do. I use, I'm like a total, I use it all. I'm, I'm the bulletproof babe. That's it. It's totally true. In fact, we're going to have to have a special t-shirt made for you, JJ. <laughs> <laughs> 
I can't wait to have you on the show again, uh, maybe in about six months, but it's always fun to uh, share knowledge with you. Thanks. Thank you. One of the things you can do to make your brain work really, really well is you can remove toxins from your body. One of the most important antioxidants and toxin-binding substances in the body is called glutathione. Glutathione has been available as a nutritional supplement for a long time. The only problem is that when you take it, it gets broken down in the stomach and you don't get the benefits of it. So about 10 years ago, we started making something called liposomal glutathione, which allows this precious molecule to pass through the lining of the gut, and it works. The only problem is that you have to have very, very small liposomes for it to work, and there's varying results from using different liposomal forms. That's why I created Upgraded Glutathione Force. This is a radical innovation in the glutathione world, small as it may be, because we use a patented technology that binds another molecule onto a liposome. So it's liposomal, but it absorbs in studies using this form of molecule up to eight times better than normal liposomes that don't contain the added boost. That's why it's called glutathione force, because it literally forces the glutathione past your gut and into your blood where it can do the most benefit. If you look at the comments on the forums or on the product page, you'll find that a lot of people use it because it makes their brain feel crisper and clearer, not to mention the other benefits to your immunity and other systems in the body, which always run better when your liver is able to detoxify substances really well. And that's not even talking about what it can do to help you reduce the impacts of drinking too much alcohol. You'll feel better the next morning if your glutathione levels are high enough before and after you drink. Check it out. Upgraded Glutathione Force on UpgradedSelf.com. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.